From the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, this is Injury Insider with Derek Hayes. Injured in Georgia? Make the right call to the law office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Injury Insider is presented by Status Home Design, your one-stop shop for all your home and gift needs. Hello and welcome to Injury Insider with Derek Hayes on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. This show will answer legal questions and debunk personal injury myths with insight and expertise. For nearly 25 years, Derek Hayes has exclusively represented injured parties in Georgia. Now he'd like to put that knowledge to work for you. My name is Lita Brooks and it's my pleasure to introduce the star of our show, Derek Hayes. Good afternoon, Derek. Good afternoon, Lita. It's great to be with you again. Excellent. Well, let's get started on today's show. One of the things that makes your podcast so engaging and informative is your willingness to field questions from your listeners. In fact, you recently told me that you now have several people reach out to you every week with questions about all kinds of personal injury topics. So we're going to start today by telling everyone how they can submit their questions for future podcasts. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I have. I've had a tremendous response. It's amazing. But you can always submit a question directly to me through my website. Uh, There is a podcast tab. So if you go to Derek, D-E-R-E-K, the letter M as in Matthew, Hayes is H-A-Y-S dot com. So Derek M. Hayes dot com. You'll see the podcast tab. Click on that. And then when you go there, uh, you can type in your question. All I need to know is your name and, and you can even put in your city where you're from and then your question. And I'll definitely address it in a future podcast. And I will get to a few today, but also too a reminder about those questions. I can never give specific legal advice. Right. So I can answer questions in kind of general terms and common tips and red flags about claims, those kind of things. But to get specific legal advice, you'll need to call me. And while I'll speak directly with you at my office, we'll discuss your claim at length and whether or not I can help you. And as always, that initial consultation is free. Okay, since we are talking about questions that are submitted through your website, I understand you want to spend the entire show today answering a couple of them. Normally, you give me a specific question to read, but you didn't do that today for the first time. Not for the first question. Why not? Well, because I had so many, and that's it. I I had a... I don't know, maybe 10, 15 questions about this one specific topic. It was amazing. Uh, There were so many questions that it would have taken a a lot of time to go through asking all of those questions and reading them to me. It's a topic that I think every plaintiff's attorney in Georgia is concerned about for very good reason. In fact, I think even insurance adjusters and defense attorneys are also concerned because there's going to be a lot of problems created by this decision. Well, that's a big lead-in. Yes, it is. Uh, tell, me, tell us all. Tell All right, what's the question? All right. A few weeks ago, the Atlanta Police Department announced on Twitter that they will no longer respond to car accidents without injuries due to the coronavirus. Wow. Yeah, that is a big, big wow. Very simply, if there's no report, there can be a very big mess to sort out later, either with attorneys involved or without attorneys involved, simply because there is no police report. I've mentioned several times in prior podcasts just how important it is to contact the police for, for a report after a wreck. You know, everyone that submitted questions basically asked me the same one, and that is, what do I do if I have a car wreck inside the city of Atlanta and the police won't come to file a report? Well, what does the city of Atlanta say? What's, what's their official statement? Well, they did re- re- release an official statement. In fact, it says, and I'm going to quote, 
To protect the health and safety of our staff and customers and to help mitigate the impact of COVID-19, the Atlanta Police Department will not be dispatched to the scene of non-injury automobile accidents. They did clarify later on in, the st- in another statement, they said that uh, they will respond for hit and run wrecks or wrecks where vehicles are immovable, immobile, immobile. <laughs> I can't be moved, thank you, immobile, or in blocking traffic, which that was kind of an addendum to the first statement. Um, so even if you request that the police come out uh, for a non-injury wreck, they may, but there's a pretty good chance it's not going to happen. They said that they just don't see that they can have uh, their officers exposed potentially to the coronavirus by responding to non-injury wrecks. And that's interesting because the Atlanta Police Department statistics show that they get approximately 1,080 car wreck calls a month, with over 100 of those involving serious injuries. So over 1,000 calls per month for car wrecks, and only 100 of those with serious injuries, thankfully. But if they're not going to respond to every non-injury wreck, that's a lot that are going to go completely unreported. It sure is. What I'm just sitting here with my jaw on the ground. What I keep thinking, and you're probably going to dig into this, right, as we keep talking about it, but it just sounds to me it would be he said, she said. If yeah. two people crash and there's no police officer there to cite someone or take a report, then That's only I could scratching see... the surface. That, okay. That, okay. That's only scratching Woo. the surface because there are a lot, and underline that word, a lot, lot of problems that are going to be created without reports. Okay, so I understand that exposing the officers to the coronavirus that is a legitimate concern on the part sure. of the city uh, so what are your concerns uh being a personal injury attorney specific to this well let, let's talk about what they say they're saying non-injury wrecks well the reality is many injuries from car wrecks and blunt force trauma related to that uh, may not appear until hours or even days later very true and doctors in depositions and even sometimes at trial, I've heard the phrase the brick wall effect. Mm-hmm. That's how they'll describe it. It's as if you go to sleep at night after a car wreck. You've got adrenaline, fear, anxiety, all those chemical reactions going on inside the body. And the next morning you wake up and it feels like you've run headfirst into a brick wall and everything hurts. Absolutely. But in the moment following the car wreck, you may not feel anything. You know, and if you call to report the wreck and they say, well, is anyone injured and you're responding correctly? Well, not right now. We're okay. That may be true. I can speak from personal experience on this. Many years ago, I was in a car accident and it was a young teenage girl, ran a stop sign, totaled the car. I had an infant in the car. Paramedics came, checked him out, checked me out, went home, went to sleep, couldn't move the next morning. Yeah, so that's, all that's the a black and thing. yep, all the black and blue started even from where the seatbelt was. I mean, it was it was a severe wreck. Sure, but in the moment, we were all fine. We checked out fine. All right, and think about this, and just to kind of carry that thought a little further, I can see insurance companies using this lack of an investigative report, police report, to outright deny injury claims. Well, there was no report because there was no injury. Right. Think about that. I mean, it's a very simple argument. Um, think about the defense attorney's questions at an eventual trial. You know, when defense attorneys. Uh, question a plaintiff at a a personal injury trial it's called cross-examination and in cross-examination they're going to ask leading questions which are designed to only give a yes or no response not to expand on or or give a a complete response they're leading you down a path to give simply a yes or no so a very easy line of question you didn't call the police following the wreck did you no oh they didn't come to the scene and provide a report did they no no they didn't respond because there was no complaint of injury at the time. Isn't that true? Yeah. Yes. And so there you go. 
So mm-hmm. a jury hears, no, right. there was no report done. No, there was no injury at the time. And no, you didn't call because there wasn't even a complaint of injury following the wreck. I can see doctors being concerned about treating patients with delayed complaints of injury, you know, because they know sometimes their treatment and billing will be challenged at trial. If, if the person didn't complain of an injury right after the wreck or no ambulance was involved, no uh, hospital with emergency care, they didn't go to see a doctor for a couple of days, and the doctor may be apprehensive to either treat or provide uh, the kind of treatment may, they may need simply because they know it's going to be challenged. You know, if an at-fault driver is intoxicated and there are no injured, injuries reported at the time of the wreck, the police may not respond, and the driver who's intoxicated can leave the scene. That's really scary. Yeah, that, that, exactly. They've just caused a wreck. Sure. And you're not injured, but your car's damaged, right. and nobody comes to punish this person. Think about that. And they so, can- right, the lack of a DUI arrest following the collision can mean the inability to prove um, they were drunk, and, and that eliminates the ability to go after the punitive damages. And we've talked about punitive damages before in a prior podcast, which are designed to punish someone for egregious or very bad conduct. So if you are hit by a drunk driver and, and you call 911 and, and you go to report the wreck and they ask, was anybody hurt? Well, no, nobody's hurt. Well, that may be true. But that driver who was drunk now leaves because the police don't come out to do a report. Therefore, they're not there to do a DUI test on the side of the road to evaluate them and their ability to, to get behind the wheel and drive away. Smell alcohol, those mm-hmm. things that are yeah. all indicators that, that are big concerns, red flags. Wow. Uh, you know, we talked about in prior podcast dram shop laws. Remember we talked about that? I when do a remember. Business yes. serves alcohol. Yes. Uh, we talked about respondeat superior, where someone's driving a company vehicle. Uh, the employer is vicariously liable for the conduct of their employee while in the course and scope of employment. So we may not know if somebody's on the job if there is no police report. Uh, negligent hiring, negligent retention, all those things can be exposed when a police report is done and you show who the owner of the vehicle is. It's ABC Mechanical Shop and John Doe's driving. Well, that's something that's going to show up on a police report and that opens the door to investigate further, to dive further into the facts and realize, well, wait a minute, there's a little bit more there than just John Doe's personal insurance coverage. So it makes all those things, those elements tougher to prove, sometimes potentially even impossible to Mm -hmm. prove. I can see disputes about everything, everything that led to the collision, where somebody was in relation to a uh, red light or a green light or a turn signal or a stop sign or a four-way stop, whatever it may be. How fast they were going. Yeah. Did they pull, this person pulled out in front of me? No, I didn't. They hit me. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And even though traffic tickets are limited in their admissibility eventually in a personal injury trial, it does help to actually have someone charged with an offense that that, uh, led to causing the wreck, you know, running the red light. Um, too fast for conditions, failure to yield, those kind of things. You know, I can see an abundance of fake IDs being given. Think about that, fake IDs. So I hit you, and nobody's hurt, and you come to me, and we're not going to call the police, or even if we do call the police, and they say, I'm sorry, since there's no injury, we can't come. There's nothing stopping me from giving you a fake ID, fake address, fake name. I can give you, uh, you know, a, um, an old or canceled insurance card mm-hmm. saying, I have State Farm. And I may not. It may have been 10 years ago. Right. Or it may be a fake State Farm card. And I really have Allstate or a Progressive or whomever, yeah. whomever else it may be. And they just drive away. Sure. And, and drive out tags on vehicles, stolen s- tags on mm-hmm. vehicles. All those things that, uh, you know, the list is very, very long that without a police report, it's going to be extremely difficult to follow up on those things. It makes perfect sense. 
It really does. And sure. I, I feel for you being in this business. Yes. I mean, I, yeah, that would be difficult. I feel for anyone who gets in a wreck and is going to have to fight all these battles. What are some other concerns? Yeah, well, my fear is that the decision to stop responding to those non-injury wrecks will never be lifted. Oh. Think about that. So if we get through the coronavirus, they say in their press release and the follow-up releases that it's going to be temporary. It's just through the course of the pandemic, and then once all the, the COVID concerns are, are gone, then they'll go back to business as usual. But honestly, I don't know that this will ever be lifted, where they'll go back to investigating non-injury wrecks, unless there is a lot of uh, negative press about it, a lot of uproar from people, from attorneys, from insurance companies, mm -hmm. to go back to investigating and providing police reports for non-injury wrecks. Uh, it may be the new normal, as we know it. We talk about the new normal now with a lot of things. That could be the new normal. It will create a litigation nightmare that will also, too, make that court backlog, backlog even worse than it already is. The courts were shut down from March all the way through June. They shut down again. They, they are back shut up. down again. Yeah. They just recently opened oh, back up good. again. Yeah, mid-August. In fact, last week, as a matter of fact. And who knows? We may have an outbreak again. The courts may shut back down again. But that backlog that's been created from jury trials being stopped, uh, it, it's going to get even worse because so many wrecks now that are non-injury wrecks are likely going to have to go into litigation. Right. Now, I should mention to our listeners, we are in metro Atlanta. So we are yes. talking about Georgia here in the courts Correct. of Georgia. Of course, there's many Correct. of other states and, and we, we can't speak to what they're doing. But I can guess that everybody has a backlog of cases. Right, right. And, and that is a nationwide issue. There are only a few states that did not shut down at all. They're very few, but they're still having problems with jury trials. The reality is in a jury trial setting, when you go through the jury selection process, a jury assembly room is uh, usually a standing room only room at a courthouse somewhere. There may be chairs that are you know, elbow to elbow in those chairs. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to the, to the courtroom for the jury selection process, you're going to be sitting next to a bunch of people, 30, 35 people, maybe 40 people. And as you're sitting there, you can't socially distance. And if you do get selected, you're going to be sitting in a jury box with six people or 12 people. And when you go to deliberate, you're going to be in a conference room with one table, with six or 12 chairs, and one bathroom. And you can't really socially distance effectively in that setting. Um, so it is going to create problems, not just in Georgia, but throughout the country. And there are other states and other municipalities, big cities, that have also made the decision to not go out and provide police reports for non-injury wrecks. Uh, but back to some of the other things. You know, anyone can play games now with the system and fight battles that they can potentially win. That wasn't me that ran the red light. You ran the red light. Right. Just he, like you said a while yeah. ago. He said, it's a, she he said, said, she said. Absolutely. Finger pointing. And I've always said for many years, finger pointing contests are never easy to win. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it. You did. No, I didn't do it. You did it. And without that independent eyewitness, it's virtually impossible. So it's going to cost in, innocent victims of car wrecks lots of time, potentially lots of money to fight battles that, you know, they really potentially could avoid fighting if there was a police report provided. The headaches from this decision are, are basically to be endless. Okay, what do we do? Right? Those are all the problems, and it's, there's a lot of them. So if, what should someone do and following that, a wreck in the city of Atlanta? And that's the gist of what the questions centered around that, that I got. And, again, I got many of these. Sure. Um, the answers start with the basics. And, again, this is just in general terms, not specific terms to anybody's individual wreck, but in general terms, start with the basics. If there is an injury, call 911 immediately don't mess around if there is an injury call uh, they're going to send the police they'll send an ambulance whoever your know, first responders that can get to you a fire truck whatever it may be 
called if there is an injury. If there isn't an obvious injury, but you're feeling stunned, dazed, confused, or we hear people say, I'm not not feeling like myself, Mm -hmm. call the police immediately. Those are indicators of injury. You may not be bleeding. You may not have an obvious you know, open wound, broken bone, whatever it may be, but those are injuries. Call. Uh, get the first responders out there. Check on the other people involved in the wreck. See if anybody else is injured. The other driver that hit you, any passenger in your vehicle, any passenger in their vehicle, again, call 911. Even if you don't think you're injured, call 911. If it's safe to move the vehicles out of the way and not impede traffic anymore, do it. It is the law in Georgia. You should always uh, move vehicles to the side of the road or out of the the flow of traffic if you can. But before you do that, take pictures. Once those cars are moved, nobody's going to know what it looked like when they get there. So if the police officer shows up, they may not have any idea at all what the the scene looked like when they uh, responded to to you know do the report or potentially investigate the, the wreck. So take pictures before you move those cars. I think it would be very ben- beneficial, and this is my personal novice opinion. Just we should all just get a dash cam. You know, dash cam sales actually went up. It's interesting. It you should. Yeah, <laughs> dash cam sales did go up, and, and uh, understandably, you're right. Yeah. They make them for the front of the car, and they make them for the back of the car. And if you can do both, do it. I had a client actually a very quick story. I had a client who was a former police officer. And he had a dash cam, obviously, as an officer. And so when he became a civilian and uh, was driving around daily in Atlanta, he put a, a front cam and a back cam in his car. He's at an intersection getting ready to turn. And as he's sitting there, the lady behind him was not paying attention. She, she came flying up behind him and she rear-ended him, all of which was caught on his rear dash cam. Uh-huh. So they're in the turn lane. He gets out. He looks at his car. She gets out, looks at her car. They agree to pull in the parking lot of a gas station as they turn left. Left. They, they pointed to it, said, why don't we just pull over there, get out of the way, stop impeding the flow of traffic. And so as they turn left, he, in front of her, turned into the gas station. Well, she gunned it and tried to flee. So he was able to pull back out behind her, and now he's got her on the front dash cam. Wow. So we had video from the rear dash cam of the actual impact. We had video from the front dash cam of her trying to flee. And he followed her. And the interesting thing was he had the, the audio recording as well. And as a police officer, he's giving in police terms. I'm going westbound on such and such street, approaching such and such intersection. And it was like a play-by-play that a police officer would give. And so eventually the police officers were able to respond and they were able to anticipate where they were going to be and they were waiting for her at the next intersection. So yeah, the lady tried to flee. So we had the rear cam catching the impact and the front cam catching the attempt to flee. It was I love that. Yeah. And wow. it, it played very Good well for him. For him oh, I'm sure. It opened the door. She to, had to, no idea what just hit her. Right. Well, and she, she made hit a, him. No right. pun intended. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and she made a very bad mistake because it then opened the door to punitive damages for trying mm-hmm. to hit and run and flee. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right, what can you do if you have left the scene of a wreck and still want to file a police report later? Good question, and, and there are lots of answers. You can go, first of all, in person to the local precinct and file a report there after the wreck. If you're going to do that, if they won't come to the scene because there's no injury, go immediately and do that. If you're okay and you're physically able to drive and your car can be driven uh, safely, you know, there's drivable and there's unsafe drivable sure. if it's safe to drive then drive it go to the local precinct fill out the form do it there uh, if you don't do it the other driver may 
And if they do the report and you don't, I can guarantee you there's a pretty good chance that report's going to be different from the one you would have filed, potentially pointing fingers and blaming you. Um, so remember, they're, they're going to tell a different story than, than you may. So you can also go online. The APD website has a form there. You can fill it out. It's a personal accident form. It's uh, simply it's SR13, I think. But you can go on there and you can fill out the APD form on, online. Uh, you can also go to the Georgia DOT, the Georgia Department of Transportation, their website, and find a report to fill out there. Again, you can do it online. Remember, most insurance companies require, underline that word, require an incident report before they'll even open a claim. Uh, Self-documented forms are still not as effective as an actual police report from an independent investigating officer. So again, if you can call the police and they will respond, I prefer that. Your insurance company will prefer that. Go and do that first. If not, go in person and file it or online and file it. I would pull over. If the cops are not coming, you get that rack off to the side. Even if the other person leaves, sit in the passenger seat because you'll get a ticket. Well, nobody's coming anyway, so you're probably not going to get that ticket. Right. But I would sit in the passenger seat and go to uh, the APD or the GDOT. Sure, and, you right? can do that absolutely safely. I mean, get off the that's road That's what safely. I mean, right. right. Get get over to the side, get in the passenger seat, and if no yeah. one's coming, that's what yeah. we're talking Cell about. Cell phones but, nowadays are amazing. Yeah, this is all new, though. So Correct. these insurance companies, I hope, for the sake of all the people that are going to be in this situation, I could be one, I don't know, I live in Metro Atlanta, uh, that they will have some sort of leniency. You know, if cops don't come, it's like we can't hold to these policies that we held to before the coronavirus because there everything is changing. There is going to have to be some understanding. Yeah. But having dealt with insurance companies for a long time now, mm. I can tell you there's not that much understanding. Trust me. Sure. It's, sure. it's a battle, seems like, far too often. All right. What information should I try to get at the scene of the wreck? And, and that's something I want to get back to. And I'm glad you asked that because that does go back to the, the question you asked earlier. And, and I want to complete the thought there. Use your cell phone. I just mentioned it a second ago. Cell phones are an incredible tool that are amazing for documenting everything. Take pictures, multiple angles, multiple subjects, the, the wreck itself, the, the cars, any visible injuries on you, any if they have a passenger in the car with them, take a picture of the passenger of the in the at-fault vehicle because you never know if that's going to be the same person later on if you go to trial. Well, if you got their picture, well, it's pretty easy to determine that. If there's only one passenger and you take a picture and suddenly at trial, four people show up and say, well, I was in that car with them. Yeah, well, you got a picture at the scene showing they weren't there. That's good advice. Uh, take a picture of skid marks. That can show braking distance and things of that nature leading into the actual wreck itself. Uh, take a picture of everything. There are lots and lots and lots of pictures. This is your only chance to document the actual scene immediately after the wreck. Think in those terms. Um, you know, driver's license number. You want to get that from the other mm -hmm. driver. Uh, if you can take a picture, if they'll let you take a picture of their driver's license. If not, write down their driver's license number, their address as it appears on the license. Get their phone number. Get their email address. Get their car insurance card. Again, it's another good thing to take a picture of there if you can. If not, write down the policy number. Write down, down the name as it appears on the policy because the driver may not be the mm -hmm. owner of the vehicle, and it may be a different person who's named on the policy. Get their tag number. Take a picture of it if you can't do that write it down the vin number on the vehicle a lot of people don't think about that uh take a picture of the vin number if it's located as most people probably know the vin number is generally located in front of the driver uh on at the windshield just above the steering wheel you'll, you'll see it there so take a picture of that vin number write down a description of the vehicle the make model 
uh, any damage pictures you can take of their vehicle and your vehicle, do that. Ask the other driver where they were going, where they were coming from at the time. People don't think about that. But if they say, well, I'm going to work, and it's the wreck occurred, say, at 945, and then later on I find out, well, they have to report to work every day at 930. Well, think about that. If it's 945 when the wreck occurred and they told you they were going to work, well, they're running late. Mm-hmm. It lends itself to someone speeding, running a red light, running a stop sign. Um, this is also important. Talk to every single witness you can find. Everybody. Get their name. Get their contact info. Get their email address. Get their phone number. Ask them if they don't mind letting you video them telling you what they saw. Use your cell phone. Video that. It's called uh, you know, immediate reaction to the wreck itself. Those uh, comments, th- those things they're going to say, can evolve over time. They may forget. They may misremember was a word that we heard many years ago misremember what the facts are of that case so it's important if you can to video them telling you exactly what they saw they don't want to be videoed that's fine just ask them if you can record their voice use the recording app on your phone and record them saying what they saw do you have to ask yes can't you just have it going it's best to ask because this is someone who needs to be on your side and you want to be cordial and be cooperative with them and ask. And if they say no, that's fine. Uh, The point is you want to make sure you get everything you can from them in that moment. Most people aren't going to object to having their voice recorded. Mm -hmm. They may object to their face being videoed. I don't have my makeup on or I look terrible today, whatever it may be, or I just don't want to do that. But they're not really going to care typically about being recorded uh, in just their voice. Well, that's all very, very good advice. You're basically doing the job of the police officer right, right. you're doing all the investigating so exactly. take that a step further what about the actual scene of the wreck is there something someone should focus on while you're there like you said this is the last moment you're ever going to be in the moment of the wreck exactly right exactly. you're going to drive away and it's over so anything left that they need to pay attention to yeah pay attention when you're talking about physical aspects of the scene itself those kind of things pay attention to intersection uh, look at the lights, the cycle of the red light, the green light. If that that's uh, you know it's a if it's a uh, traffic light at that intersection, if it's a four-way stop or a, a you know two-way stop, whatever it may be, pay attention to that intersection. Take pictures. Look for a landmark to identify the spot where the wreck occurred. If it's not in an intersection, and, you know many wrecks don't occur at intersections. If there's a uh, 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 maybe a, a sign on the side of the road or a business sign, or a driveway to a business, whatever it may be, take a picture. Write down where that occurred. Those are things that are going to help you later on identify specifically where it occurred. In a police report, they're going to write down, not at the intersection, but X number of feet from the intersection. It's a measurement to know exactly where it was. Well, if you don't have the police report, you're not going to have that measurement. It may be something about the road and the makeup of the road, the bend in the road, if it's a curve. If it's a hill, it may be the visibility coming over that hill or the downside of that hill. Um, Also, too, talk about the direction of travel for all vehicles involved, westbound, eastbound, northbound, southbound. People don't think about the position of the sun. If somebody is going eastbound in the morning, well, guess what? That's where the sun's coming up. The sun may be an issue with the visibility. If somebody's going westbound at the end of the day, well, you know, that sun can be pretty bad. I would never have thought of this. No, and most people don't. No, no. Because if you don't have that mindset of an attorney or a police officer investigating Mm -hmm. a wreck, those aren't factors that really come into play in most people's mindset. But it's important to know, is the sun a factor? Uh, The time of the day, again, that's important, too, because that has to do a lot with the position of the sun. Weather conditions, 
kind of talking about the same thing. Daylight, dry, clear, overcast, raining, sleeting, snowing, all of those are factors that are going to be in the police report. The position of people in the car, if there are passengers with you, where are they sitting? Are they behind the driver? Or are they in the passenger seat up front? If it's a three-row uh, vehicle, you know, a big SUV, are they third row? Also look at the position of the, the passengers in the at-fault driver's vehicle. Uh, if there is a need to call a tow truck, well, then call one. Even if the police aren't going to come, don't, don't stop and wait to call the tow truck. Go ahead and call early because it can take a while for them to get there. Um, you know, I mentioned this before. You know, if they have passengers, I don't think I mentioned this, but get their names. Get their contact info, the passengers in the at-fault vehicle. Um, you know, if, if not, if you don't get their names, write down a description. Because, as I said before, suddenly one passenger in a vehicle may turn into five passengers in the vehicle or no passengers in the vehicle. Yeah, five passengers trying to do the he said, she said, this sure. driver did nothing and you hit them and you're trying to say the opposite. Correct. No, and all none those of you were even pointing at right. You. And sure, you're yeah. going to fight a battle you wouldn't necessarily have had to fight. Yeah. Well, I saw what they did. They ran the red light and that person wasn't even in the car. They weren't even around when the wreck occurred. It's miraculous how those people can suddenly show up. With a police report done at the scene, the officer is going to make sure, did you have any passengers? What are their names? I need their ID. And they will write their name, their address, their phone number, all that's on the police report. You're not going to have that if they don't come and do a report. you got to do your own report. Yep. So I think everyone listening should have a notepad and a pen. If you've heard it the first time and you haven't written all this down, you need to go back and listen to this. Yeah. This could be in your glove box. Correct. Right. As this Correct. is changing, I can't imagine that Atlanta is the only city that right now it's has not. this mandate. So write these notes down, everything that Derek just told you, all this advice and put it in your car, put it in your purse. Maybe it's not you that gets in the wreck. Maybe it's your grown child or your sister or someone who's panicking because the cops aren't coming and you now have all this information to share. So exactly. thank you. Exactly. Wow. I mean, there's so much more to it. Um yeah, and, yeah, and I know as parents, we kind of are apprehensive about our kids having cell phones. At least some parents are. I would encourage if you have a kid driving, make sure they have a cell phone. Make sure they do. Because well, in I've the mentioned, car, yes. Yes, I've mentioned many, many times about cell phones and how effective they are as a tool to take pictures, to document things going on. And, and if the kid is stranded after a wreck and doesn't have a cell phone, well, unfortunately, they're not going to be able to get a lot of the things that they need to get for the purpose of investigating the wreck. Just to be clear, Derek is not advocating that children use cell phones while driving. No, absolutely not. No, no, that's <laughs> not what I'm saying. I'm saying that they have one at their disposal in case. Correct. And I would hope that anybody would give their I kid. I think in this but day I and actually age, do we all. have people that, really? that their kids are driving and they don't have cell phones. I don't get it. I really don't get I don't it. Know. Maybe it's money. Maybe they can't afford it. So you, Could you be. Know, I don't Could know. Or they just maybe the temptation of their kid picking it up you know that, that's the answer it. i've heard they're yeah. afraid their kid is going to get on their cell phone while they're driving and their way to combat that is to just not give them one all right i do have a question from your website i want to cover this yes this is I one I we've covered you. a lot today but this is one that i think is really important this is from sandy in dawsonville so sandy i hope you're listening derek's going to answer the question if someone tapped my bumper on the interstate and sped past me without stopping, how do I report or find them? I didn't get a good look at the car because I was driving. That's a problem. Yeah. And, and it's, a, it's a big problem. There are answers to your question. I'm going to get to that. But let, let's talk about that first. If you can't identify them, 
I always have people ask me about the uh, cameras on the interstates. There are lots and lots of cameras on our interstates in metro Atlanta, and most big cities nowadays have cameras everywhere. The reality is, though, I've learned that many of those cameras aren't recording or they're inoperative. They're there on a post and they worked for a while, but once they stop working, unfortunately, they'll give you all kinds of excuses, budgetary reasons or staff, whatever it may be. But there are lots of cameras on lots of poles in metro Atlanta and probably other big cities that just don't work anymore. So maybe it does. Could you try to go find that footage? I mean, would that be step one? Yes, if it does, but, and I hate to say it this way, but it's the reality of it. The severity of the injury and the value of the claim, so to speak, is going to justify whether or not it's worthy of filing suit to subpoena that information and get that video footage to show exactly who it was that caused the wreck. Uh, Unfortunately, it can be very costly, very time consuming, and it's a process to get video footage. Um, Unfortunately, sometimes it's not going to be worth the time or the money to do it because you may outspend the value of the the claim itself. If it's simply a property damage claim and you have a $500 deductible, you may spend far more than that Mm -hmm. or even a $1,000 deductible. So you have to kind of balance this, and that's a specific answer that I would address more thoroughly for someone in their claim. But anyway, so so going back to the, the, the question itself, if you can't physically identify the car because you weren't able to see the tag, the make, model, and year of the vehicle, or even the color of the vehicle, then in Georgia, the way to prove physical contact with a hit-and-run driver, there are two, two ways. OCGA, 20, or, I'm sorry, OCGA 33, I was about to say 23, 33711. That is the code section on point. And if there is a hit-and-run driver, there are two ways to prove it. Number one is physical contact you have to show physical contact because an insurance company is not going to just simply take your word. Oh, somebody ran me off the road. Well, they don't know that, but if there is physical contact and you've got a transfer of paint, for example, or physical damage to the back of your vehicle where somebody else hit you, then that is the physical contact element. You can meet that. The other is an independent eyewitness. It can't be somebody in the vehicle with you. It has to be an independent eyewitness that stops and says, I saw that vehicle hit you. I saw them flee. Well, at that point, you've met one of the two prongs, and it can be an either or, either physical contact by the other vehicle with you or an independent eyewitness that can say, yes, I saw that vehicle hit her and leave. Uh, Sandy, I think, was the one that asked this. So, yes, hit her and and left or or fled the scene. Um, With that being said, though, um, you still may have to provide that information to the insurance company, the name, the contact info of that witness, so they can also reach out to them and verify what you've told them the witness saw, they're likely going to do it anyway as part of their investigation. And that's a way of getting a property damage claim resolved through your own car insurance coverage. You may never find that other vehicle. In fact, your chances are you're not going to find that other vehicle, but you can, through your own policy, fix your car as long as you can show there was physical contact or an independent eyewitness. I would find them. I would sit somewhere and <laughs> yeah, look. And hope and I pray they came back I by the same area every day. I think it's a red car. I'm going to hope they see. I'm just saying. Yeah, and it would be an uninsured motorist claim. Oh, it's as and if there, there you uninsured. go. That's probably why they took off yeah. in the first place. And that's right? it. You're right. That could be one of the reasons why they fled because they didn't have insurance anyway. Sure. And they wanted to get out of there. All right. Well, thank you so much. Extremely informative. As always, I'm going to turn it over to you to let everyone listening know how can they find you, whether they have a personal injury claim that they want to discuss or if they have a question for the podcast. Absolutely. I appreciate that. So my phone number is 404-777-HURT or 
678-225-0970. Those are my office numbers. You can always call, and if I'm available, I'll be the one to speak with you. As I said earlier, the initial consultation is always free. You can also go to my website. It's www.derek D-E-R-E-K, the letter M, Hayes, H-A-Y-S, dot com. On my website, DerekMHayes.com, you'll see a chat feature. The chat bubble will pop up. You can type in your question. We'll answer your question immediately there. Or you can submit a question, uh, either through the podcast tab, or there's also a potential new client tab where you can go there and ask a question. I will be the one to call you. I'll be the one to speak directly with you about your potential claim. You can check out my social media, Law Office of Derek M. Hayes. That's on uh, Facebook. That's also on Instagram and Twitter. Any of those platforms, you can find me, submit questions, reach out to me. I'll be happy to address a question on a podcast or talk directly to you about your potential claim. <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to choke you up with that. Oh, sorry. I just took a breath and I don't know what just happened. <laughs> All right. I was Good just going to uh, do the closing and well, if I could get to that without choking. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Injury Insider with Derek Hayes presented by Status Home Design and the law office of Derek M. Hayes. Don't forget that you can enjoy any of our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and clicking Injury Insider with Derek Hayes. This program is also available on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, for Derek Hayes, I'm Lita Brooks, and you've been listening to Injury Insider on Business Radio X.